Third. Make Monday mornings magic by winning a super sweet treat nice and early for you and your work crew from Offbeat Donuts on French Church Street on The Neil Prendival Show. Just tell us who you work for and why you guys need that pick-me-up and we'll get those delicious donuts to you without delay and help make your Monday magic. That's The Neil Prendival Show with Offbeat Donuts, made fresh daily. See offbeatdonuts.com. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Saturday. Coming up, Billy Holland talks to us ahead of the Penergy Munster Schools Cup final between Prez, between Prez and Christians. That's on Tuesday. He'll also talk to us about Ireland versus Scotland, of course, big one at Murrayfield tomorrow. Jade Flynn, Harley of the Rebel Wheelers, is going to tell us about her trip to play at the Women's Cup in Paris. Cork City are on the road tonight. We'll hear from boss Colin Healy ahead of that one. We'll also get the thoughts of the Ireland defence coach Simon Easterby before that big game tomorrow. Plenty of action in the Premier League. Liverpool losing to Bournemouth after supposedly being back. We'll get a full round of that's all between here and seven. All right, this is the big red bench on Cork's Red FM. Aidan Lee here with you all the ways through till seven o'clock. And uh, France have just gone over for another try in the Six Nations clash in Twickenham. It's France 32, England 10. Uh, conversion pinning there as well. Also, Wales getting a victory earlier on uh, against Italy in pretty much the wooden spoon match. Um, it's amazing that, that Wales are actually down there, uh, you know, scrounging around uh, for a wooden spoon. Like, uh, Wales have pretty much, I think anybody my age, they, they ruined a lot of childhood, childhoods, did, did Wales in the Six Nations. They were always, always uh, crushing Ireland's hopes and dreams. Uh, obviously got them back in 09 in Cardiff, but uh, yeah, they sealed the bonus points and their first Six Nations victory of the campaign after a 29-17 win over Italy and Rome. And poor old Italy, they've had a fantastic campaign and still no win to show for it. Um, but they are in a much better uh, and a much uh, more dangerous prospect now. And obviously as well, they beat Wales, was that last year or the year before? I think it was last year. Uh, they actually beat Wales in Cardiff. Um but uh, yeah, hopefully Italy can, uh, I'm not sure they have on the last week, but uh, but nice to see if they could get a win. Um, it, it, they might have France, the, the France, they're not getting a win against France. Uh, yeah, as we said, England hosting France and France are blowing them away. 34-10 now that conversion has gone over. Bonus point win for France. Um, obviously Ireland just need to go and they need to win tomorrow uh, to keep on that uh, that Grand Slam train and uh, you know the title as well obviously a loss tomorrow would change things uh, all together so uh, important they go and uh, do the business against Scotland and we'll hear about that uh, we'll hear from Simon Easterby a little bit later on as well as Billy Holland uh, on that game Billy Holland is going to talk to us about the Munster Senior Schools Cup Final too. Uh, Christians versus Prez in all Cork Final uh, Alex Kendellen also spoke with us about that one he's going to be on the bigger bench tomorrow evening with Rory so tune in to hear from Alex uh, spoke to Alex as well about Munster's recent form and uh <clears throat> their progress that they're making uh, throughout the season uh, back in condition for uh, a home quarterfinal in the URC so uh, much uh, much better days uh, for Munster Head also and uh, Alex a uh, big part of the Munster team going forward alright let's jump into the Premier League results 
Bournemouth won Liverpool nil. The early kickoff, Jurgen Klopp, he didn't like the early kickoff before before this. He and I, I don't blame him. I don't like the early kickoff either. Uh, here's Alan Seabrook. It's finished Bournemouth one. Liverpool nil. A massive three points then in the fight against relegation for Bournemouth, who took the lead on 28 minutes. Uwatara so dangerous on the afternoon down the right hand side, pulled it back for Peter Billing to smash the ball into the sap back of the net. Liverpool started the second half on the front foot. Canati, Nunes, and Josh all went close but they really should have levelled things up on 69 minutes when they were awarded a penalty kick which Mo Salah took and fired over the top of the crossbar late on Gapko forced one over the top of the crossbar from a tight and close angle but this was to be an afternoon for the Cherries it finished Bournemouth 1 Liverpool 0 yeah massive win for Bournemouth obviously in uh, the struggle to stay in the division Liverpool's hopes of finishing in the Premier League's top four now suffer a blow after that. Philip Billing, as we heard, got that early goal. Salah's penalty, bizarre penalty, absolutely skied it. Um, shades of Kane versus France to it. Um, I think Salah was going a bit more towards the corner. Kane was maybe a bit more central that he was aiming for at that uh, for that penalty, but uh, very similar, blasting it over. Uh, Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp said the Cherries deserved to win the game. Oh yeah, and it was clear from the first second. Come on, we come here and Bournemouth fights for staying in the league. Wonderful club, wonderful city. Um, they want to stay in. Um, and how I said before the game, they do really well, and um, the, the the results were not going in their in their direction in the last few months. But um, the performances look different, and so they deserve today the three points. That's it. Elsewhere, it finished Leeds United 2, Brighton 2. Here's Adam Jury. Jack Harrison goals at both ends of the pitch dictated the game as Leeds played out a two-all draw with Brighton. The away side took the lead on 33 when McAllister headed the ball home, but Leeds levelled seven minutes later when a deflected Bamford strike went in off the bar. The Seagulls retook the lead on 61 when Harrison turned the ball into his own net, but 12 minutes from time, Harrison scored in the right goal as his beautiful curling finish ensured the game finished all square. Full-time at Ellen Road, it finished Leeds 2, Brighton 2. And uh, Tottenham, of course, trying to capitalise then on that slip-up by Liverpool. Got a victory and a much-needed victory as well and probably takes a bit of pressure off Antonio Conte even though I'd say at this stage Conte, I don't know if he cares too much to be honest. I think he knows he's not going to be there uh, come next August. Uh, But an important win for them today. It looks like Richarlison had uh, proved the doubters wrong after expressing his frustration at not getting um, enough minutes under Antonio Conte. He had the ball in the net very early on in the game but it was ruled out for the most tedious offside by VAR I've seen in a long time uh, probably since last week uh, but <laughs> it finished anyway Tottenham 3 Forest 1 here's Ian Beach Tottenham 3 Nottingham Forest 1 Harry Kane scored 2 both in the first half a header and a penalty in the second half Son Jung-min made it 3-0 as he took down a cross from Richarlison to uh, make space to score there was a goal for Joe Worrell the Forest captain late on from a corner and even later on Forest had a penalty Andre Ayew saw his spot kick saved by the Tottenham goalkeeper Fraser Forster so it's a reasonably comfortable win for Tottenham it certainly helps them get over the disappointment of being knocked out of the Champions League on Wednesday it finishes here Tottenham 3 Nottingham Forest 1 Everton huge win for them I think it's 3 wins out of 7 for Sean Dyche since he's taken over it was all, like it was fair play there, and it was the obvious. It was the obvious choice to make, but they made it. So fair play to them for making it. Sean Dyche is uh, working his magic with Everton as they fight to stay in the league as well. It was Everton one, Brentford nil. Here's Shane Pennington. Everton one, Brentford nil, and Sean Dyche's men secure a crucial victory to move two points clear. 
the drop zone and then the Vista's 12 game unbeaten record a goal within 35 seconds from Dwight McNeil proved decisive although the host really should have won by more with Keenan and Arna missing guilt edge opportunities and VAR ruling out a Damari Gray goal harshly the Vista's did throw it at Everton in the second half with Henry's header brutally saved by Pickford and McNeil clearing off the line from Norgard but Everton held on for what could be a huge victory Everton won Brentford nil Another try for France, just as we were going through those uh, results. They've gone over again. It's 41-10. Tough one for England. Uh, They're getting absolutely battered on their home patch. Um, What will that mean for next week? Obviously, get over tomorrow first um, for Ireland, but uh, it could be facing a really battered and ragged England in the Aviva. Will they have a bit of a sting in their tail or will they roll over for Ireland? Uh, You'd expect at this rate that Ireland are going to give them an absolute walloping um, but I suppose with games, the old cliches come out with games against England, you know, Ireland, England, the last game of the of the Six Nations, form can go out the window. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens. But uh, yeah, it's really poor to own for England. Obviously, France really, really good. But, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a tough transition period uh, for England in the next couple of years. Like, what, what, what way are they going to arrive at the World Cup? You know, at this rate, what kind of state are they going to be in? Um, so it's uh, look I don't know we won't complain about too much exposed at the same time uh, elsewhere in the Premier League it was Leicester City 1 Chelsea 3 Clive Edwards full time it's Leicester 1 Chelsea 3 it was easy for Chelsea in the end the goal scored by Chilwell Havertz and Kovacic for Chelsea Dakar got one in the first half for Leicester that is Chelsea's second successive Premier League win it's Leicester's fourth defeat and they look to be in trouble the referee added 7 minutes of additional time but there was really no point to it because Leicester just could not get the ball off the Chelsea team it's finished Leicester 1 Chelsea 3 and uh, Chelsea boss Graham Potter said it's been a productive week a determined win against Leeds and a, an important victory against Dortmund in the Champions League and then to back it up with a victory here away from home in the Premier League says a lot about the developing I think spirit developing togetherness we have at the at the club with the team so uh, we're delighted with that it's a hard fought game as they always are Title chasing Manchester City are underway against Crystal Palace. It's nil all after 40 minutes there. A win for City puts them two behind Arsenal. Um, obviously with Arsenal yet to play this weekend. In the Scottish Cup quarterfinals, Celtic eased past Hearts 3-0. All right, uh, plenty of action in the uh, League of Ireland Women's Premier Division. Uh, Shelburne beat Bohemians 2-0 at Dalymont Park. Cork City are hosting Galway United. It was nil all at half time. And just give a quick check uh, to see if there's been any change since the action. Action is just underway. Uh, back underway. I think it's gone past the 58 minute at at the cross, and it's still nil all there. Uh, elsewhere, it's Piedmont playing DLR Waves. Uh, Shamrock Rovers hosting Treaty United. Uh, they're all goalless at the moment. Uh, the game between Wexford Utes and Sligo Rovers is underway in the last few minutes um, we mentioned uh, the rugby before but Wales win over Italy uh, Gaelic Games top two meeting in Division 1B of the Alliance Hurling League tonight it's Tipperary and Waterford in Thurless at a quarter past seven in Division 2A disappointing uh, loss uh, for my own Kerry Hurlers against Kildare Division 2A leaders Kildare soft Kerry in Newbridge 220 to 21 points and uh, puts a massive dent now in in Kerry's uh, push for 
for promotion and are trying to I think they might still find their way in a in a semi-final awfully be Carlo 119-112 so it's awfully and Kildare now uh, sharing top spot one of them is going to go through to an automatic final and uh, I imagine it, it looks like at the moment that Kerry and Offaly will be in that semi-final but uh Kerry will have to make sure they uh, finish out their the rest of their games uh, without slipping up. Uh, in Division 2B, London sends Sligo packing in Rice Lip 516 to 220. In Oma, it finished Tyrone 8 points, Meath 217. That's all in the hurling 2B. In Golf, Shane Lowry, good to see he's made the call of the Players' Championship. Uh, Rory McIlroy's missed out. All three of our players really disappointing. Seamus Power as well was, I think, seven or eight over uh, at the end of yesterday. Uh, he completed his round before Thunderstorms brought play to an early close. They got back underway today then, but Rory McIlroy couldn't improve. I think um, Lowry must have had a, a very nervous wait there because the cut line, it was evens, it was one over for a bit, and then it was bouncing up and down between one and two over, um, but McIlroy was never going to be able to, to claw that back. He was five over par at TPC Sawgrass. So Lowry, the only Irish interest heading into the uh, third round at TPC Sawgrass in the Players' Championship. Um, all right, time now to hear from uh, Munster legend. He, uh, I've spoken to Billy now a few times, Billy Holland. He's always great crack to talk to. Um, he, he tells some very good stories, very interesting stories. You might have heard a clip on uh, Dave Max Drive last night of uh, what he went through just to get out on the pitch um, when he was playing uh, for, for Christians uh, in the final. Uh, when he was in fifth year um, but yeah he's going to talk to us about the upcoming final next Tuesday as well as Ireland versus Scotland here's Billy Holland Alright I'm delighted to be joined by Munster Rugby star former Christian Brothers College Schools player and Pinergy Ambassador Billy Holland ahead of the Pinergy Munster Schools Boys Senior Cup Final which takes place next Tuesday March 14th at 2pm at Musgrave Park now in their second year of sponsoring the Pinergy Munster Schools Senior Cup Pinergy is committed to powering the difference while supporting the development and sustainability of the game for young players throughout the region. Billy, thanks a million for joining us once again on the Bigger Bench. Thanks, Ed, and thanks for having me. Not at all. Um, I suppose, could you start off with telling us why is the Munster Schools Cup so important to the schools, the students, and obviously the players? Oh, it's, 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 um, it's a good question. I think there's just such great rivalry between all the schools. And, you know, you go to the game on Tuesday and you're just going to see thousands of, of supporters there. You're going to have students. It's, it's like this carnival atmosphere. There's such a good, um, intensity in the games. It's so well supported. Um, and, and the, and the trophy means a lot. It means a lot to the schools. There's such historic, um, you know, it's got such a historic background. It's it's been going around for over a hundred years, and you know, people's fathers and grandfathers have played in it and have won or lost, and um, it just means a lot to them. Um, so you know, it's it's just a special occasion. It's for some guys, it'll be the the pinnacle of their rugby careers, where they get to play in front of five thousand people and their friends, families, fellow students, and and past players, and it's a special day out. For you, what what are your uh, best memories of, of being at Christians playing schools rugby? Yeah, I was lucky enough to play um, the senior cup on the senior cup team three years in a row when I was in, in fourth year, and we lost to um, to to Prez in a semi final, and that was that was heartache. Um, you know, I was I was 
I was broken from it. I, I, I was got so invested in it. And it probably actually drove me to to get really determined and I got really fit over that summer and I trained really hard and probably was the start of my professional career really where I I just wasn't happy to lose that game and I, I got so determined to be as good as I could be after that and the following year thankfully um, we won it we beat Prez in the final um, when I was in fifth year and that was a special day um, uh, you know it's just just remember the flares and the colour and the, for flares a band now, but uh, <laughs> the, the colour and the noise and it's just, it's kind of a bit unusual. You're 17 years old and you're playing on a pitch in front of 5,000 people or however many thousand are there and it's just you see guys, some guys thrive in that environment and some 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 guys struggle and then, you know, I was captain the following year with a great team on paper and you were a cock a hoop and we lost in the first round to Prez. Tom Gleeson got two or three drop goals for Prez. Tom Gleeson hasn't, hadn't gotten a drop goal before that and hasn't had one since. Um, yes, he, he, he turned up on the day and put two drop goals over the bar and knocked us out of the cup. So it's the beauty of cup rugby, isn't it? Form goes out the window. The better team on paper, it all goes out the window. It's it's all on the day. Um, you know, Christians have a good few injury concerns going into the match on Tuesday, but none of that matters. All that matters is who, is who turns up and who performs on the day. And I think it's what what makes it so special as well that anyone can beat anyone in in cup rugby. Um, and there's always a chance for the underdog. Jeez, I'd say if you get a few flashbacks in the stand, they might have to hold you off the pitch by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, look, they're, they're, they're special, they're special days. Um, you know, they live long in the memory. I, I had actually hurt my shoulder. I done my AC joint the week before the final when I was in fifth year. And, um, you know, I had all the fizz in the world, but I couldn't really lift my shoulder. And back in the day, it was okay to get, um, Injected and between my father and a doctor who remained nameless, I my shoulder injected with local anaesthetic before the game. You know that'd never be allowed to happen now at a professional level or even at any level. And then at half time, I couldn't move my shoulder again. So they dragged me off the pitch in behind a chip man in Musgrave Park, and there was this needle being stuck into my shoulder again. I wanted it, and you know <laughs> it was the right thing to do at the time. But looking back, it was just madness. But that's the they're the commitment levels where you're. As I said, it's, it, at the time it feels like life or life or death. It feels like everything, and it, it's a tough place for young fellas to be. Um, you know, it's a, it's a challenging. It's brilliant, but it's also really challenging for young guys to be in that situation. And also, got to bear in mind, back in my day, there was no such thing as social media. I know from talking to some of the current players, they're getting messages from past players of twenty, thirty years ago. You know, relaying their stories and that just adds to the pressure. Um, it's nice, but it, it does add to the pressure for them. So, you know, my hat's off to those lads being able to deal with that. As well, like I know it's now Cork final on Tuesday, but like throughout competition as well, for you, was that the first time you came across a lot of, let's say, guys you, you were teammates with down the line with Munster from other counties like Limerick and Clare, etc. Like, is that kind of the first time you cross paths with a lot of those guys who end up being big figures in your life later on? Yeah, like when I was when I was in fifth and sixth year in school, you were playing against the likes of Tom Gleeson, who is a great friend of mine and played for Munster for years. Um, you are playing against the likes of Sean Cronin and, and Conan Doyle, who were up in um, up in Limerick with 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 Ard Skull. 
who played for Leinster and, and Munster. So you, 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 you do end up, um, you know, playing and battling against guys who you end up playing with in time. And that's, I suppose, that's where a lot of respect is earned on. I think it's where when Munster guys have battled against each other, when you've played against a fella, you know if he's tough or not, you know if he's got it or not. You, you know, you can train alongside guys, but until you're actually on, on that battlefield playing with or against guys, you don't know what they're really like. So, you know, a lot of respect is earned and gained on, on, on those pitches and a lot of friendships, huge friendships, you know, are, are made and last to this day and, and, and for a long time. Like my father, you know, they, they used to go golfing and they used to have a little Prez Christians thing and, um, you know, half of them didn't play for Prez Christians, but it was just a bit of rivalry, a bit of crack and, you know, it, it goes, it goes, uh, sticks with them for many years. Yeah, like the, the kind of raw element is, as well, like obviously when you get to professional rugby and look, you're you're playing for a contract and you're playing for money and that brings a lot of different pressures and uh, different types of adrenaline kick in there as well. But I suppose the raw element of literally just playing for, you know, your, your group of buddies, you're playing for a crest. And that's it, you know, and fair enough, you're playing as well, maybe for, you know, your, your future prospects in, in the game as well. But it, it is, it's very raw, you know, it's very raw emotion for those guys. It's, it's, it is just pure rugby like. It is. And it's, it's, you know, I suppose that's why it's so entertaining to watch. I think the, the, the current generation, certainly this group, um, this year, they're playing at a really high skill level. They're really well conditioned. They're, they're proper athletes, um, really well conditioned. And, you know, you watch any of the matches today, there's incredible skill levels there. But the intensity that they're playing with and what are they playing for? As you said, it's just, it's rawness. You're playing for their buddies. They've been in school with each other for five or six years or sitting next to each other um, in the classroom day and night. And it's, that's ultimately what they're playing for. They're playing for each other and they're playing for, for their school. And, you know, both schools, probably about a thousand students and, you know, they'll all be there cheering them on and they're representing their school. And it's, it is, it is raw. It is really raw. As you said, there's nothing. And those guys who do have ambitions to go further in their careers, they're not thinking about that next Tuesday. They're just thinking about the game. They're thinking, if they are thinking about their future prospects, they're not going to go well and they're not going to have future prospects. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's what's great. It's, as you said, it's a pure rawness and, and it's the same on the sidelines. It's pure raw, raw energy and uh, and you know blinding loyalty from both sets of supporters, um, and that's what makes it so entertaining and 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 beautiful to watch. We might we'll get back to the final itself in just a bit. You actually mentioned style of play there, which is something I want to ask you about about Ireland because obviously. It's it's been a really good campaign, obviously a very impressive campaign so far. Mm. The style of play from Ireland seems to be part of this bit of a shift in landscape in rugby in general. That the whole style of play of rugby seems to be starting to evolve almost back to its original form in a way. You know, just you know, ball and play and a bit more emphasis on on your 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 attacking play and, and your you know agility rather than just smashing into fellas. Um, have you, is, yeah. is that, don't maybe, is that just overblown in media? Is that narrative or is that something you actually, you've seen throughout this Six Nations campaign? I think it's what everyone's trying to do in Ireland at the moment. I think it's what Irish rugby are doing. I think it's the way Leinster have been playing. It's the way Munster are playing this season. Um, you're seeing teams play with a really, really high uh, skill level. 
their skills are are developing really well. Um, they're playing at very high intensity, huge speed, tempo, fitness. I think they've Munster in particular have had to tra- change how they train a lot to enable them to do that. Because you know you you play as you train, so if you're not playing and training, if you're not training at that level of intensity, you can't execute it. But you know some some teams aren't like that. You know you look at so it's the English team, and other trying to change at the moment, or, or or South Africa. It is still a lot of blunt force, um, and I think for Ireland, for it to be a sustainable way of playing rugby. Um, they, you know, from a genetic profile, you're not going to have the biggest players in the world in Ireland ever. You just, you just won't. So what do you have? You've got guys who got good, who are skillful. You've got guys who can be really fit and fast and you've got a good, good game plan, game plan that's expansive and uses the full width of the pitch. Um, and have intelligent players like Johnny Sexton to manage you around the pitch. So it's worked really well for Ireland. It's worked really well for Leinster. It's working very well for Munster at the time at the moment and you know it's great to see it on the school's pitch as well at the moment that they're all playing like that and you know there's still big collisions I don't think it's been a conscious decision from you know Andy Farrell to come away from you know uh, maybe the as they call it the blunt blunt force that still happens you look at their defence at the moment it's really aggressive double hits it's it's um, I think it's just what he and many others would see as the best way for Irish rugby going forward. Um, when you were talking about that, I was just thinking that it's 50 years since that Baba's try against, um, you know, the, the length of the pitch try that you've seen a hundred times on social media. And like you're seeing some of those tries at the moment. It's fantastic to watch. It's great for the support. And I know lads enjoy playing it because like, you know, there's not many guys who actually just love running head first into each other all day, every day. They want to use their skills. They want to, some do like that. No, don't get me wrong. But, you know, I think if you want to be successful as an Irish rugby player or team, you got to use what you're best at. And, you know, you don't have the biggest genetic, uh, you know, you don't have the biggest teams in the world. So you got to use other methods. Um, just on that then this weekend how dangerous are Scotland obviously they're a much better team now than they've been but are some of those frailties especially mentally in game are they still there? Um, we, we'll know a lot more on Saturday evening but I think I do think the Scottish team um, I don't think they've been challenged up front I, I think the Irish pack is a lot stronger than them up front I think they will cause Scotland a lot of difficulties up front. I think it'll be a very physical encounter. And the thing is, when Scotland are on the front foot and Finn Russell's dancing around in, in his uh, dinner suit, he's the best out half in the world at that. But when things aren't going his way and he's on the back foot and his pack are being beaten up, I think they, you know, he, that's when he starts forcing errors and he starts making mistakes and he starts trying things. And that's when teams capitalise and, and, and errors are made. So, I think Ireland will really go at them there up front. I, I think, look, Scotland will know that's coming as well by the same token. I, I think Scotland in, in previous years have struggled to back it up, you know, week after week. Um, you know, they rarely put in two good performances, performances in a row. Uh, they have done the Six Nations. Will they make it uh, a fourth one? Uh, I don't think so. I think Ireland are too good for them, but uh, that's my opinion. Hopefully I'm right. <laughs> Is there is there any correlation, do you think, in this and what's going to come down the line when it comes to the World Cup? Do you think like this game will have any bearing at all on, on that game, the World Cup? 
Yeah, I do. I think, you know, I think if Scotland overturn Ireland, I think they will feel that they have a chance in the World Cup. I think if Ireland beat them at the weekend in the form that Scotland are in, and if Ireland beat them, you know, comprehensively, not on the scoreboard, but, you know, comprehensively on the pitch, I think deep down both teams will know that Ireland are far better. And, you know, that that mental battle when when you're in the midst of it and you know that you know, as a Scottish player, you know that the team you're playing against are better than you. That's a powerful tool to have. So, you know, Ireland are focused on this weekend from a Six Nations point of view and they're focused on, you know, performing and beating Scotland to have a, a showdown in the Aviva the following week. They're not focusing on the World Cup and, you know, Andy Farrell is really good at focusing the mind on, you know, the next step uh, on the journey and not looking at the bigger picture all the time. Um, but I do I do believe that the outcome of this game will have a bearing on the World Cup. Um, not that you'll find any player at either camp admitting to that. Back to back to Tuesday's final then. Um, another massive game in its own right. Like two very similar entertaining semi-finals culminating mm. then in this renewal of rivalries which you've outlaid to us earlier on. Um, who's going to come out on top? Who's going to take home the Pinergy once a school by Senior Cup? My heart, my heart, and my head are saying uh, Christians, but like it's going to be, it's going to be a great game. Look, I think both teams have played, have shown fantastic skill levels and resilience. You know, you look at Prez having lost to Christians earlier on in the, in, in the campaign, which will have no bearing on the final. You know, they've turned around and they were excellent in the semi-final against Munchens, and I think there were thirty nearly 20 to 30 points ahead of Munchens at one stage and they showed great fortitude to keep them out at the end of the game and similarly Christians were home and hosed in the semi-final and you know they 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 you know they they kind of shut down for a short while in the last quarter and to me what was really impressive about them is in the replay um from the drawing game they were able to reverse that momentum that's a difficult thing to do when you've when they've been dominated like they did were in that last quarter in, in in the first semi-final they've had the ability to reverse that momentum and that shows a lot of um you know I suppose experience um both teams play really good rugby they've great players both sides it's uh it's going to be heartbreak for 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 a group and there's going to be pure elation for another group um I just hope the team, like this is me with my older hat on, I hope the team that lose can look back and take a bit of pride in what they've done because they've been fantastic, whichever team it is. Um, but I'm going to have to go with my heart and Christians on that one. Absolutely. Well, Billy, pleasure as always talking to you. Uh, thanks thanks very much for joining us on the Bigger Bench. Cheers, Ed. Yeah, Billy Holland's there on the Vinergy Munster Senior Schools Cup Final next Tuesday at Musgrave Park and Alex Kendellen is going to be on the show tomorrow evening uh, to discuss the game also uh, Alex is a prize man uh, so he'll give that side of the argument uh, yeah, great stories there from Billy Holland uh, behind a chip van getting an old uh, pain killing injection so he could uh, continue on at the age of about what, what age would he have been then in fifth year um, 17 or 18 I suppose 16, 17, 18 uh, so uh, yeah uh, 
good good old good old chat with Billy as always it's all over in Twickenham England thumped 53-10 by France that must be up there with one of the biggest losses England have ever had in uh, in the Six Nations um, so yeah France uh, certainly back uh, after that uh, that loss to, to Ireland didn't seem to knock too much out of him still a dangerous player uh, when it comes to when it comes to the World Cup in the summer, if Ireland do end up facing France, it's going to be a really tough task. Uh, like that, though, two big games against Scotland come before that, and uh, one with England in between it as well. Uh, so we're going to hear a small bit from Simon Easterby a little bit later on towards the end of the show. There was one game in the Senior Football League, uh, Douglas versus the Bars, 8-7 it finished, the Bars just winning out by a solitary point. Half time between Crystal Palace and Manchester City. It's nil all. It's just underway now in the second half. Uh, Cork play Wexford tomorrow at Parky Cueve. 3.45 pm throw in. The team is out. Pat Collins in goal. Uh, Niall O'Leary will captain this side from corner back on Downey. Full back on Roach, the other corner. Uh, Ethan Toomey is going to line out a wing back. He started midfield uh, against Westmeath Kieran Joyce back in the side will wear number 6 Tommy O'Connell at 7 Brian Roach and Luke Mead will partner up in midfield uh, Decky Dalton also back into the starting 15 goes uh, at uh, wing forward Connor Cahillan starting at centre and Shane Barrett wearing number 12 Shane Barrett started corner forward against Westmeath as did Shane Kingston will stay in corner forward Podrick Power is going to come in to play full forward with Brian Hayes corner forward uh, so again another different man wearing the number 14 jersey was Brian Hayes last last week or two weeks ago shall we say in Parky Cueve who wore the number 14 jersey so Podrick Power of Blarney is going to get his opportunity there uh, Rob Downey Daryl Leary Jerk Collins is sub goalie uh, Cahill Cormac Cormac O'Brien Sam Cork Ben Cunningham keeps his place on the on the squad and he starts from the bench Cormac Bosang on the bench Seamus Harnady Alan Cadigan which is uh, a big one to have back into the squad as well and Jack O'Connor also on the bench uh, so uh, it'll be an interesting test to see if uh, Cork can keep that momentum going that they had before the uh, the week's break uh, last week and uh, a lot of them playing for their clubs as well so uh, they're, they're they uh, you know would have got a bit of a rest um, change is as good as a rest as they say so uh, it'll be uh, good to see uh, what they can do tomorrow uh, alright uh, Cheltenham starting next week also um, I, I do like Cheltenham to be fair starts Tuesday as uh, obviously it looks like it's going to be a lot tighter for the Presbury Cup this year uh, between you know Ireland and England. Um, the Gold Cup obviously will be the main attraction Friday, St Patrick's Day. Uh, that'll be a big one, and uh, Galloping Deschamps obviously his uh, favourites. Hoy Senor also one that uh, people are saying might uh, have a big impact on the race. I saw Ruby Walsh talking about Noble Yates as well as uh, maybe an outside shot. Uh, for that one, um, but uh, yeah, looking forward to looking forward to see uh, how everyone uh, gets on. Obviously, um, Paul Townend uh, and Davy Russell as well will will have to go uh, in place of Jack Kennedy. So um, plenty of Cork interest there as well. 
All right, uh, we're going to hear now from a woman who was over in Paris and called in from Paris, Jade Flynn Hurley. She was over at the Women's Cup. It's a wheelchair rugby tournament. Uh, of course, she's a member of the Rebel Rebel Wheelers Club and she was over there representing Ireland and I spoke with her just before the show. All right, delighted to say I'm joined on the line now by Jade Flynn Hurley, who's over in Paris. Uh, Jade, I suppose, tell us first of all why, why you're over in Paris and uh, what's going on. Yeah, so hi Brayden. I'm over at a women wheel, women's wheelchair rugby tournament at the moment. Um, I suppose it's only it's I suppose all women. I suppose internationally um, that are playing in this tournament. So we have I suppose players from England, Canada, New Zealand, Korea, America. I could go on. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's two there's two females. So my, myself and a girl called Deirdre Mongan. Um, where they're representative of Smartland. Um, I suppose, unfortunately, I, we don't have a team as, as such, but we are in a mixture team. So I suppose on our team would be, I think, France, America, and I want to say Korea, off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're all played together as a team. So there's five teams in total. And I suppose today is our last day. The finals are actually on at the moment. So we have GB have a submission to team themselves. So they're in the final against another team. Um, and, uh, so uh, I suppose we arrived on Wednesday, I suppose. Um, and then we, we met the team on Thursday. We had like a training session with them. And, you know, we played matches all day yesterday, all day today. And, you know, we're going home tomorrow. So, yeah, no, it's been a great weekend. Absolutely, yeah. Anytime you go to Paris, I suppose it is pretty good. Um, and tell me, I suppose just about the teams, um, <laughs> yeah. the teams at the women's cup. Like you said, there's a mixture. So, how do they come up with those yeah. teams? And also, then I suppose it's really interesting to be playing with people fr- from different countries and uh, and getting yeah. that experience with different people. Um, I'm unsure of, I suppose, logistics or background, but I suppose just this. In the sport in general, it's kind of a male dominant sport. Um, and I suppose it's very rare that you get to see just women on the course. And this, you know, this is kind of across the sport globally. Yeah. Um, I suppose, like in Ireland, I suppose there's only three females in total. So there's me, myself, as I said, Deirdre Ramagan and a girl, Kira Stoughton. Um, she's not with us at the moment in here, but she does play in Ireland. Yeah. And um, I suppose very rare I suppose there is females on a team because it's such a male dominant sport but I'm not sure of I can't really answer you know how it came about or the logistics but I this is actually my second time over here I came to the tournament back in 2017 because I saw it advertised on Facebook and I suppose I was interested uh, so I signed up um, and I came alone I suppose I was only Irish representative at the time and I came over, and I I suppose when I when I saw that the tournament was on again this time, I I invited Dee, or I I I made Dee aware of it, and she was very interested. So we're we're actually playing together on the same team, which is really nice because I suppose we're playing together back home. Absolutely, and yeah. we are aware of each other's I suppose skill level and ability level, so we know what each other's we know what we're taking without staying out loud yeah, pretty yeah. much because um, they're so used to playing together the, uh, like you said like the tournament itself you know is there kind of a bit of a, a festival feel to it is there is there more kind of events just rather than the games or is it pure just just loads of games going on all the time 
I suppose it is gay, but there is a bit of social element to it. Yeah. You know, like, I suppose the girls who are playing with all seem very nice. And all, like, there is a bit of, bit of social aspect to it, I guess. Yeah. Um, I suppose certain teams might take it seriously. Like, I suppose everyone's different. You know, for me personally, I'm enjoying it for the fun. Yeah. Um, I love the sport, but I suppose in general, I love the sport playing at home. But I, what even I love even more is a social element to it. You know, making new friends, getting interacting with people of similar, in similar, I suppose, situations. Because I suppose we all have a disability, but we all have different types. So we're kind of learning off each other and yeah. learning, kind of getting getting. I suppose learn, yeah, learning from each other, just you know how we live through life. I suppose because learning disability kind of sucks, but I suppose it's a, it's a lot easier when you can talk about it with someone who knows what you're going through. Absolutely, yeah, and and also then I suppose for the for the both of you, like it, it's an incredible honor to be going out there representing your country, also. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I suppose it's re- like for me, it's more my third time representing the country, where the green jersey and the green top. Um, like I've been playing the sport for about nine years at this stage, um, and I love it. It's the best thing, like, it's one of my favourite sports. Um, just because of suppose, the sport in general, like, you know, the, the clashing of the chairs. But then I also love the social side. Yeah. Um, it's not just about the sport. It's about making new friends, making new experiences and, you know, making, I suppose, achievements as such to the sport. Such as getting to wear a green top and showing off the green, not necessarily, not necessarily the green jersey, but we have green, myself and Jader have, Irish gear on us. Yeah. We're, raising the, we're representing the green flag far and wide. Absolutely. And also you're, you're a member of, of Rebel Wheelers as well, which is how we got in contact I am with indeed. you. And uh, obviously this is just another great achievement, you know, for, for yourself to add to so many accolades that, that people have achieved <laughs> coming from the Rebel yeah, Wheelers Club, you know, and uh, it, it's great to see every yeah. year, you know, so many, so many positive stories and uh, positive events. Yeah. I suppose that's, it's, I, I have lots to thank for it with Rebel Wheelers. That's how I found the sport in the first place. Um, I suppose when I started the club, I didn't really know I could really find a sport that was for me. Like I tried basketball, I tried athletics, I tried boccia, but none of them really clicked. Yeah. It wasn't until I found the rugby that I knew that this, this, this sport was for me. I kind of fell in love with it as such. And I kind of got the bug of the rugby. And I suppose nine years later, here I am getting to wear a green top and represent Ireland and play in a tournament and a sport that I enjoy. Um, so no, like I've achieved so much over the nine years that I'm very grateful for. And it's all because of a small, well, what was a small club back then, but it's, it's a kind of big now, I guess, at this stage. Um, since I've been involved, it's more, I suppose, publicity with more people are getting involved. It's more awareness, I suppose, yeah. as such. Um, and I'm, I'm like, I'm honoured, I suppose, to be an ambassador for the club. Absolutely, Jade. It's been fantastic talking to you. Uh, it, it, of course, somebody representing, represented Ireland, represented the Rebel Wheelers over in Paris. Uh, it sounded like a fantastic uh, weekend, fantastic journey, and a fantastic event. So, uh, thanks a million for joining us on the Bigger Bench. No problem. Thanks, Aiden. Yeah, great stuff there, uh, Jade. Uh, having a ball out in Paris at the Women's Cup. All right, uh, Cork City 
playing Sligo Rovers away tonight at 7.45 waiting for team news which we'll have when we come back from hearing Colin Healy just a quick update on Cork City Women's versus Galway United it's nil all approaching the 90th minute um, alright uh, Cork City are uh, well back on track in the Premier Division uh, of the League of Ireland uh, 4-0 win against UCD can they continue that against Sligo Rovers Colin Healy was speaking to the press during the week he was in this morning um, seems to be fine um, yeah obviously he took, a, he took a nasty bang so um, he won't be available obviously for the weekend mm-hmm. obviously for the Shells game as well so uh, hopefully I think he should be back for the draw of the game yeah and, and just then on the four games so far and the layout of the league and stuff, how pleased are you with the start of the season? Um, I, w- I would say you know the performance have got better. Um, you know, uh, I think we put in a hell of a shift the other night um, against Rovers uh, against against a good side to get four goals up in Tala. You know, it's um, it's always a good thing. Is um, you know we can take a lot of positives out of the game. I suppose you know in the game probably. You know, in early to go one zero down. You know, it's um, it was obviously a tough one. You're thinking, listen, this could be a difficult night, but I gotta give credit to the players the way they responded, and to go in, um, two one, uh, at half time, and probably Dara's goal was a special goal, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's um, uh, it was great. So it's no, it's players can take the positives out of, especially the last game. And this made a with a, with a great game against UCD as well. Like probably eight goals, scored eight goals in the last two games, which is great. Once you keep saying. The, the game against was you know probably the first half we probably we weren't at it second half we were, we were much better but, mm-hmm. um, what I would say is that the performances have been getting better um, listen, and that's, the, that's, that's all done to the players mm-hmm. yeah I'd, I'd agree with you on that uh, the, the versatility of the players like I, I think how important has that been in I suppose especially the previous game where you've seen Josh Owen and especially um, we've like Started that he started in the left. He's yeah. the centre back by trade. I think it's yeah. fair to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moved to right back and kind of notified the threat of Trevor Clark and the yeah. uh, down the left wing. Um, I suppose you're looking at at Dara as another one has played mm-hmm. all over. Going back to I think it was against Shells playing centre half. Mm-hmm. I suppose usually down down the right wing, but he kind of found himself more in a kind of an eight position. Yeah. I thought yeah. and did very well. Like how important is to have like those players like Keane Coleman's another one able to play. Yeah, no, listen, as I said and. and it's um it's great because when you ask them to go in and, and do those roles that listen they have no problem doing it like yeah. you know there's no issue they go in they do their job like you know but like what I say with with Dara and Josh they obviously can these boys have come through our academy mm-hmm. so we would have played these lads in these positions yeah. in the in you know in the under 19s or yeah. under 17s so they would know we would know that they can play even you look at Josh at right back like, he hasn't played left back, but he's played right back. Mm. I remember, I think it was his home debut. Did he play against Waterford right back, didn't he? Yeah. Do you know, so yeah. Josh has that. Listen, last year, I think we brought on Josh up centre forward. Mm. Do you know, so he's, he's, he's a very, very good player and he's quick. And you've you seen then when we when we put him up right back against Bork and listen, Bork didn't do much. Yeah. You know, so yeah. and, and, and what I would say is that he's um, he started um, this season um, very, very well and hopefully that continues. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I suppose... That's we've kind of touched on the, the lads who, who were here before, but the what kind of impact have the, the new signings made? Not necessarily on the pitch, I suppose that that too, but mm-hmm. off the pitch, how are they settling in? The oh, they're fine. Yeah, they're fine. Listen, they're 
they're um, they're good around the place. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, there's there's a good atmosphere in the dressing room. It's a tight dressing room, which is important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So and every time that we 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 call upon them, that you know they've come in and they they've um, they've done the job that we've asked. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you'll go back to probably like. You know, there's one or two of them probably at the moment are probably struggling to get in because of the form of other players exactly, and yeah. they're just going to have to wait their turn and that's just the way it is do you, yeah. know, do you know but it's just I think, I think that that's, in every, that's in every football team really isn't it yeah and I suppose when you're looking at it and you're bringing in players like that how big a positive is it that the players that were already at the club step up with, with like when they see these new players come in it kind of drives them on a bit and you see the likes of them keeping the yeah, lads no, out no, of the absolutely. but I, I, I just think it, it comes back to the player itself I yeah. think it comes back you know like I knew I know what these lads can play at this level 100% I think they're showing you that now do you know I, do you know so it's um, and what we want is we want competition we want yeah. competition we want competition in training we want competition you know, and, that, and I think that drives the players on to make mm-hmm. them even better like, but I think you can you can see that players are they're loving playing this level, and yeah. they, they they don't look out of place. No. If not, I think they're um, they're shown even they're even showing us probably more than what they've shown us before. Because it's, you know when you're playing against sometimes against better better teams, a better opposition, you raise your standards. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they're doing now. Yeah, and I suppose looking ahead to the weekend, has, has everybody come through the, the last couple of days injury free? Uh, apart from obviously you mentioned Aaron and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think um, Barry Coffey will be touch and go. He did a small bit, a small bit of training this morning, so um, we'll see what he's like tomorrow. Um, and so I think that's probably the only one. I think Toby, I don't think Toby will be fit for the weekend. Uh, we'll see what he's like next week. But I think probably the only one really is probably Barry Coffey. Okay. You probably have to make a late decision on that one. Good. And uh, looking just that last one, just um, how important are they? Can I? next batch of games as you said like you, you go to Sligo away which is never an easy game up there mm. um, and then you're at home for uh, Shells and, and Drogheda like how, how important is it do you feel to, to kind of not only to performance but to pick up points even even at this early stage of the season um, I suppose the way I look at it and probably we probably know probably over the years probably, I always look at the next game mm-hmm. you know I focus on the next game mm-hmm. and I don't look at Shells I don't look at Drogheda that's the way we, we pick a team that can go and beat Sligo that's what we do and then we'll worry about shells the following week mm-hmm. um, it's, it's always important when you're at home picking up points that's yeah. always important but we always focus on the next game mm-hmm. and, and that's the way I've always been um, so we'll focus on Sligo hopefully we can go up there keep saying put on a good performance for the fans and get three points and then we'll, we'll look forward to shells mm-hmm. thanks Colin alright Colin you mentioned some of us the academy there coming straight playing yeah. the other night or is all like that away from home against the champions and so it was to win it do you feel some of those that's actually kind of came of age during the um, like that? I think I think maybe I think it was last year I think it was last year that I think um, which was great for them I think is that when we were going we were at the top of the table and it was pressures uh, on us throughout the season that mm. you had to win every week um, I think the players stood up to that um, like, exactly. I mean, you, you got to do it when you're playing with a, for a club like Cork City, but it probably showed no during night is that when we went up there, these players went up there and they performed. Um, but every time I have gone to Dublin with the teams that I have, these boys come up with me and they've always performed. So when we went in, um, I knew I knew they would perform, but 
obviously with the goals Dara got we, we didn't see that one coming do you know so um, no it is it's and, you know the likes of Bagsy and Josh and the lads in the academies that we've had him for years and we know what we're going to get from him and there is something like that <coughs> again it gives you it must give you a huge boost of confidence to those players going forward but I know that. I, I, oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, no I, but I, knew, I knew that anyway. Yeah, yeah. I knew that anyway. There's no fear there. There's no fear, but there never has been any fear. Do you know, it's just probably we didn't have a great performance against Bowes. This is going away to Derry was always difficult, but we had chances from Derry. Do you know, we had, if he took a chance up Derry, it could be a different, would have been a different story. Like, but UCD, you seen against UD, UCD, they were very good. And then, obviously, then up in Rovers, we just, we just couldn't hang on at the end. But it's, um, no, listen, I know what the yeah, players are going to do. Uh, eight goals mm. and different scores, there's a variety of goals for us. It's great. Which is great, uh, is, was it? Keep it coming, <laughs> keep it coming. No, it is, it's great. And, um, great for Keats to get his goal the other night, the, 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 the work that he did was, was um was fantastic and even even the movements you know attacking the attacking the front post and the ball from Bagsy which was brilliant as well like in Dara Crowley we're asking he played in the ten we're asking midfielders get in the box you know so it's um yeah keep them coming you know keep them coming and keep putting in the performances and keep keep pushing the standards that's what we need to do. Yeah, and Colin Healy has named his team for Cork City versus Sligo Rovers at seven forty-five. It's Corcoran in goal: Coleman, Healy, Gilchrist, uh, Keating, Krizic, Crowley, Honahan, Varian, uh, Kustovic, and Hakkinen. Uh, that's in numerical order. Um, I would try to put them all into uh, positions, but uh, I think I'd start struggling around midfield if I if I try to do that. Obviously, uh, Rory Keating in there is going to try and continue his goal scoring form. Um, Crowley as well, obviously, incredible goal against uh, Shamrock Rovers last Monday uh, from not the halfway line anyway because if you say the halfway line there was awful uh, b- backlash to saying it was from the halfway line but it was uh, there was a good bit, good bit out I suppose uh, nearly uh, nearly on the on the centre circle so uh, yeah a big one uh, Coffee as um, as Colin Healy was mentioning Barry Coffey's on the bench so obviously didn't pass that uh, fitness test um, alright before we hear from Simon Easterby just a quick update on the players championship at TPC Sawgrass and Shea Lowry is on the move Four uh, four holes into his round, he's two under for the day, so he's back to evens for the tournament. Um, it was the first day really that Adam Downey had a really poor first day. I think he broke a club off a off a tree as well, so it uh, wasn't going well for him. He's actually had a difficult enough time of it as well uh, recently with a family bereavement. Um, at the moment, leading is Scotty Scheffler, ten under par. He's uh, he's three under through three. Uh, of his round I think he actually I saw just as I was uh, skimming through Twitter there uh, I think he has pulled off uh, a fantastic shot uh, to steal the lead uh, at TBC Sawgrass so um, yeah the uh, fifth the unofficial major as as they call it alright we're going to finish up now by hearing from the Ireland defence coach Simon Easterby ahead of that massive game tomorrow uh, between Ireland and Scotland in the Six Nations is there any, um, has there been any problem or difficulty with sort of totally focusing on tomorrow and not letting thoughts of next week creep in? No, um, no, this group is incredibly driven to to come here and, and, and put in a performance. Uh, you know, next week will, we'll, you know, almost look after itself if we get, if we get, we get, we've got to get tomorrow right. That's the big thing that we've spoken about for a long time. We've had 
couple of weeks to prepare for this. Um, we know how tough it's going to be, and there's, we're not thinking past uh, tomorrow afternoon. Um, and we'll make sure that um, we put in the, the performance that, that this needs to, to make sure we get a result, and, and then we're, we'll think about next week after tomorrow. Any worry about some returning players in terms of? I don't think so. I think um, a lot of those guys are, are fairly experienced now, and they've they've got a lot of uh, games under their belt over the years, and they've been constantly connected to what we're doing, even though they haven't been always in full training over the last few weeks. So we certainly don't feel like there's any issue there, and you know we also feel like we have a very strong bench to uh, to come on and finish the game. Simon, it feels like the timing of the players coming back from injury has nearly been spot on from the business end of the Six Nations and to have the likes of Gary Ringrose, Tony Sexton all back in there, it's, it's really positive. Yeah, well planned by the, the medics. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, think, I think we always knew that this, you know, whenever you've going through a Six Nations, you, you're never likely to pick the same 23 each week. So we, we, we know that there's always going to be a few things along the way um, the great thing is we go to Rome and, and we put in a performance that, that gets us the, the five points and, and Rome is not a not an easy place to go and play so um, credit to the guys that, that took the field there and, and also credit to the guys that, that didn't and were supportive of those guys that did and, and stayed around and were connected and and you know it, it, it massively um, you know the massive onus goes on the preparation of the team and how that works with the guys that don't get a chance week in week out um, you know this week's been excellent in that respect in terms of what they've had to, to do to try and get the team prepared and and that was no different in the Rome week uh, so you know it's 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 great that we have some some senior guys coming back in um, but we're also really pleased with what what the guys did in Rome and to get the result. But I guess you've just got to be honest with players and, and, and make sure that they understand what, um, what, what we feel as coaches that they need to work on to try and increase their chances of getting selection. Uh, and when they do get selected, uh, and guys did that last week, oh sorry, in, in, against Italy, when they do get selected, they, they take their opportunity and, and you can't ask for anything more than that. Um, you, you can only pick 15 to start, you can only pick another eight on the bench, but we know that you know, come the World Cup, we're going to need need quite a few more than that to to to, to be successful um, further down the line. So, you know, that is crucial for for any any team that's successful. All right, we're going to have to leave it there. We're running out of time for this evening. Um, like I said, Rory's going to be along tomorrow. Alex Kendellan's going to be on the show, and uh, he'll have reaction as well to Cork City versus Sligo Rovers, and of course the uh, Hurlers as well taking on Wexford. Tomorrow, Stevie G is on the way next. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.